listening to What We Do in Elysium, your source for news, strategy, and discussion for Vampire the Masquerade Rivals card game. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to another episode. I am your host, Alex. And I'm Colin. How are you doing on this lovely evening, Colin? Uh, I mean, it's been kind of a crazy day, but I'm excited to sit here and talk about new cards. Even though uh, we hope to have them in hand, we don't quite yet, but they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's they're all released, at least. I mean, at least we all, we know what they all are, right? So, Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're talking about Blood and Alchemy, obviously, and that's the first expansion for the game. Uh, as of this recording, no sightings of it yet in the U.S., uh, looks like it's starting to make its way into non-U.S. territories. Um, that plus the three organized play kits. So exciting stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Hopefully we'll start to be able to see some events pop up, some interesting decks, um, all the good stuff. Yeah. So how are how are you? I didn't ask. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Uh, yeah, excited. Uh, we are officially now less than a month away from Gen Con. So that's yeah. fun. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting anxious because I haven't quite figured out what kind of deck I want to play yet. There's just there's so many. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many and I have no idea. Multiplayer is always harder for me to build for and I have no idea what other people are playing. And yeah, it's just who knows? Who knows? It's the Wild West. Yep. It, yeah, that's what I said. It's going to be the Wild West. Yeah, I, I plan on playing both the 1v1 events and Prince, which is multiplayer, obviously. So yeah, now I have to figure out two decks to play. So. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> Double anxiety. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. What are we here to talk about? We are here to talk about Blood and Alchemy. Um, I was kept trying to come up with some funny thing to say about blood, like arts and crafts with blood, because both these clans play around with their blood in different ways. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the theme of this pack, right? So we have Tremere, who are the blood sorcerers. Um, which I mean, I think means they use blood as part of their magic rituals and in the thin bloods who are sort of weaker vampires, like young vampires, I think. And they use their blood with alchemy to kind of give them special powers, I think is how, is how the lore all shakes out. Yeah. I think with thin bloods, it's like they, they mix their blood with different chemicals to make different stuff. It's, it's interesting. It's not something uh, like in other sorts of vampire media, something that you really hear of. Um, But I think in general, I, I've never really heard of like uh, lesser generation or higher generations being of lesser power, but it makes sense. It's a, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, um, so what does that mean for, for rivals? You know, what does that mean for the game? Yeah. So, uh, specifically mechanics wise, uh, Tremere are going to bring us blood rituals and thin bloods are going to bring us thin blood alchemy. Um, and what, what that means for, for the rituals is so in the core, we have ongoing events, obviously, and the rituals kind of function in a similar way. They do need a vampire with the blood sorcery discipline to kind of do anything, Um, but all of them, this is a new thing, they all take two actions, but you do have the opportunity to exhaust an additional vampire with blood sorcery and reduce that down to one action. 
And then you place, uh, I think all of them are one to three blood. So you can take one to three blood from of your color from anywhere on the board. I say anywhere because that will come up important. And you place it on the card. So it's kind of almost a mix of an ongoing slash conspiracy. And then you'll pull that blood off to do different effects. Cool stuff. Yep. yep. So... Uh, yeah, they they all have one to three so far. You need to have a blood sort a blood alchemy to play them, um, and they all have some sort of ability that you can do by removing a blood from it to do some kind of fancy effect. And as you might guess, the effects are all pretty strong because they have a pretty high cost, right? So you know, you're, you're paying a high cost, you're exhausting, you're either taking two actions or you're exhausting two different vampires and paying blood, but you get some pretty, pretty strong things. Um, there's, you can, there's one that draws two and discards one. There's one that you can pay a prestige and just lose, somebody loses an agenda. Um, there's one that gives you extra secrecy and, I think my my favorite in terms of just kind of an odd effect, there's one where your foes characters in Torpor have plus two blood potency, which means they take longer to come out of Torpor. Yeah, that I really like that one too. That's Sleep of the Damned. Um, I, I want to see this played in 1v1 because I think that's... I tried playing it in a multiplayer game and I never actually even drew it. Um but I think in a one v one game, because it it you pull off a uh, you pull off a blood token at the start of your turn. So in multiplayer, it can it hits everyone, obviously, and that can be <laughs> especially with how if you're playing against someone with thin bloods, they're expecting their characters to just come in and out of torpor pretty quickly because they all have that naturally low BP. But adding plus two that can really throw a wrench into their plans for how they're trying to have their vampires uh, populate the board. Yeah. And, and one thing I like about it is that it doesn't count down unless they have somebody in torpor, right? So like you can set, you can play this earlier and just have it set up and it only, you know, ticks the clock when, when it actually has an effect. So that's pretty nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Still a high cost. Those two actions uh, that, that can hurt, but there are ways to mitigate that. And yep. we'll talk about some of those. Um, yep. So how do, how do you see these rituals fitting into, I, I say meta, but we don't really have a meta, but how right. do you see it fitting into the game as a whole so far? So it's kind of tough because they're, they're like I said, they're definitely strong abilities. Um, they're interesting. I want to play around with them. They feel a little slow, but... I can also see how like if they if they can enable a deck then I think they're going to be really strong. I don't know that cuz you know we can we can we'll mention uh we're not really going card by card through this cuz we just have kind of too much to talk about, but we'll mention certain cards here and there. So there is as you might expect an agenda that's centered around the rituals, right? That you get an agenda if you play a rich the first time you play a ritual if you put three blood on it you get two um maybe that ends up being a thing it seems kind of slow to me but if there's a way that you can use those rituals to to push some other agenda i think that they could be could be really strong 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this agenda specifically rights rights of the blood. Uh, I think it's one of those that you kind of have to wait and see if it gets better with more cards in the card pool, like anything that helps rituals, anything that helps uh, action economy. Because playing it, so it only triggers the first time you play it on each of your turns. So you don't want to have too many out there, um, but you need them out there because their effects are so good. You need them to pay off like the actions that you're spending for them. It's a weird balance. And Mm -hmm. I I haven't really made a deck that I think um, puts it to its fullest potential, I guess you could say. Right. I mean, they, they, they really do seem similar to conspiracies, right? Like that's the natural comparison. They are both costly in different ways, right? Like conspiracies only take the one action, but they take prestige. These take two actions and take blood, but arguably these have like stronger effects and you can trigger them multiple times. I I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I think those will both, both the the rituals and conspiracies will kind of, like you said, we'll see if they release more, how they come out. um, If there's more support for them, action economy, et cetera. So mentioning action economy, there is a Haven, the Chantry that, when your leader plays a ritual, you get an unhosted action. Um, so basically you can draw a card or occasionally there, you know, you can play an unhosted uh, like ongoing or something, um, which seems okay. The problem is like you're forgoing any of the other havens for that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think if, if you do end up with a ritual deck, you're probably going to want to be on the more defensive side. I think you probably just go with something else. It's another one of those cards that like it, you have to kind of come back and wait and see. Yeah. So yeah, but the other cool thing I wanted to highlight with Tremere is how they move blood tokens around the board. Yeah. That's not necessarily a ritual specific thing. That's kind of just something that Tremere does. So they have a bunch of abilities, um, and we can highlight their six coster, Sonia Valentine, and her is at the start of your turn, replace one blood on target character in the streets with one of your color from the general supply. So that means they're they're still gonna have the same amount of health, uh, but you are replacing your blood with theirs. So they're gonna have, you know, X amount of their color and one of yours. And when you play for rituals or anything that costs a blood payment that's not like on a specific character or something like that, you can take that off of their characters. And then it's almost like doing damage just outside of an attack that I like that. That's pretty cool. Yep. Important to note, because you're paying a cost for like a ritual, you cannot take the last blood off of a character. Right. So that is important. But yeah, like getting getting essentially free damage that they can't do anything about by playing a ritual and also using their health to, to fuel your cards. That seems pretty cool. Um, there's also some, some other cards. There's an attack. I think absolution is a mental attack where if they have your blood, your color of blood on them, they cannot play a reaction or yeah. actually they, I think they can, but it negates it negates it. Yeah. Yeah. It negates it, which is which, better because then right. they're wasting the card. Yes. And, and to be clear, right. Negating all reactions means, there's no shields there's no damage there's no text there's no nothing um so it's it's the best of those you know kind of cards we've seen so far the the christmas land combo i want to see uh and this kind of 
so the the can't spend yeah can't spend last blood on a vampire to pay a cost. That's just a general game rule. And the other general game rule to keep in mind is you have to spend or remove your own tokens before spending others' tokens. So say someone else is playing uh, a character that pays blood off of them, they have to pay with their own color before they can pay with yours. And there's another action uh, called Extinguish Vitae, uh, and it's remove all blood of your color from a target character. I want to see someone die from that, (laughs) just because that is a really cool effect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and there's some other attacks. Again, we don't not necessarily cover, but there's some other ways of getting blood, your blood on, on their characters and stuff. So it's you know, Sonya is definitely not the only one. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a cool a cool mechanic. I also think Tremere has some pretty good attacking potential um, with some mm-hmm. of their attack cards, and they have. So there's there's another uh, mechanic that kind of shows up in Tremere more and it's called fear, um, fear tokens. And so if you have a fear token, if a vampire has a fear token on, actually if they have any number of fear tokens on them, um, at the start of your turn, they do not ready. Uh, so, you know, obviously if they're, if they're already ready, it doesn't matter if they're exhausted, they do not ready. And then you remove all the fear tokens. So that can be pretty, pretty damaging um you know just not getting to not getting one of your vampires to to ready can be pretty pretty strong as well yeah slapping that on uh leaders especially because a lot of the leader abilities uh, from haven some of them need to exhaust any of the characters that need to exhaust to do like a party ability something like brother that can really throw a hamper and like uh, an aggro deck that's you know just trying to get every single point of damage they can that yeah it's cool yeah yeah it's it's a neat it's a neat ability so um and then kind of the 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 only other thing i wanted to say about tremere and i I don't really have a point with this it's just something interesting i noticed Mm -hmm. they don't actually have very many tremere there's not very many tremere locked cards i think there's just two um in in the expansion there's there's an action and there's a ritual but there are a lot of cards that need that blood blood sorcery discipline um to, to have any effect at all. And they're basically the only faction with a very small sort of caveat here with thin bloods, but they're the only faction that has blood sorcery right now. Right. So like, even if they're not literally clan locked, they're basically clan locked because they don't do anything unless you have a, a Tremere with blood sorcery in play. Right. So hopefully that means maybe we'll be seeing more characters with blood sorcery in the future, whether that be just more Tremere characters or other characters. Again, I'm not very versed in the lore, so it says in the kind of blurb in the rule book that they are one of the very few clans that have blood sorcery. So maybe that just opens up some design space for that to be shared with a different clan down the road. Yeah. So anyway, interesting, interesting clan uh, for sure. I think I think they have some pretty interesting potential for, like you said, maybe maybe a kind of defensive deck, also an offensive deck. I think they they're I, I don't know that they're flexible exactly. Like I don't know that one Tremere deck can do everything, but I think that the directions you can build with Tremere, you you can go in a lot of different directions, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to make a, uh, I, I wanted to make a deck that had Tremere and I kept getting pulled like a couple different ways. Like I, I was making an aggro deck and I was making uh, 
retainer deck, but they never really came together at all. There was no really overlap. I had to pick one avenue to go down. So yeah, I'd, I'd say that's apt. Yeah, I had the exact same experience. So. <laughs> okay, uh, so the other half of the expansion is the Thin Bloods, and this is a puzzle of a clan, I think. I think they're, yes. they are just not weird but they there's so many it's like the opposite Tremere has you know one two things you can do with it these guys you can do a lot with so yeah i think you i think you played with these guys a little bit more why why don't you give us the overview yeah so the first thing to know about thin bloods is because they're sort of the the young weak (laughs) vampires their strongest characters they have two three caught three bp vampires they have two uh, two BP vampires and everybody else is one. So they actually have the first uh, and second and third and fourth and fifth one cost or one BP vampires in the game. Um, so that's weird, obviously, because, <laughs> you know, one BP is not very defensive. Um, but all so all of the one BP vampires are basically the same. They all have one stat. You know, it's differing uh, between the three, but they all have one point in one of the stats. They all have an ability that says attackers with blood alchemy, which is an, a discipline again. Attackers with blood alchemy in this party gain plus one BP and some other discipline during this attack. And they also have an ability that's pay one prestige. Each one BP character in your coterie has one plus one shield this turn. So there uh and and then some of the other abilities they have a lot of abilities that like so jacob frost one of the three bp vampires is he deals plus one damage to the target for every two characters in this party um you know they they have a pretty clear gang up theme right they're they're the faction that you if you want to go wide you play you can play thin bloods yeah, and it's worth noting that with with how low their BP is, even if you took the most expensive characters and just worked your way down all the way to the one cost, you're only using 13 BP to recruit all of them. Right. So you'll, you'll have some left over. Uh, you're probably going to be spending some of that to put them in and out of Torpor. Um, but it's not like uh, any of the other decks that we've kind of played previously where you're thinking to yourself, all right, I'm probably only going to recruit two extra vampires, maybe a fourth if I have some sort of prestige generation. Uh, With these guys, you don't need to depend on that. Um, You kind of need to be a little more defensive with them to make that allowance worth it. Uh, But it's interesting. Right. Uh, One thing thing I just noticed with when you're talking about the, the party ability about attackers with thin blood alchemy out of the nine thin blood vampires only four natively have thin blood alchemy yep yeah the the one costers do not have it um the two and threes do mm-hmm. so okay so so the funny thing is they're like right like the vampires they have some interesting uh abilities like that like that jacob frost you know his ability is potentially pretty strong right like he can deal um up to plus three damage as the attacker that's pretty big Um, but like they're all weak and don't have a ton of stats. So like, what's, you know, why would you want to play thin blood? Well, they have some really strong clan locked cards, um, or slash cards that need alchemy, which is 
all the alchemies, the three, there are three alchemies, they're clan locked to thin blood. So they are, well, they are Athenor Corporis, uh, Calcinatio and Fixatio. So they're the Harry Potter spells of <laughs> rivals. Um, but basically, so what they do, they all have the same ability just with a different stat. So it's attached to the acting character. If they're a thin blood, gain an action. That's pretty cool. So they're free if you put them on a thin blood. And then this character gains plus one, either physical, social, or mental, and thin blood alchemy discipline. Mm-hmm. Now, even though this gives you the thin blood alchemy discipline, I personally am not going to be putting this on the one costers anyway. Right. I think that's that's probably true. I think <laughs> that's that the time when that can be interesting is if you put it on, if you're splashing them into a different clan. You know, right. and you can give whoever it is a thin blood alchemy, right? Um, but yeah, so so those are all pretty strong, and and you obviously you can run three of each, right? So you can get some pretty big characters, um, and then they just have some <laughs> some pretty nuts cards that that trigger off of like you have to have an alchemy, or you have to maybe even spend an alchemy. Um, so they have like haze which is a, a special reaction that you need an you need an alchemy in the party but it just negates a ranged attack or a non-attack effect targeting a character in the party yep that's pretty good yep uh, and in, in, a- in the in the um context of a range attack usually when you're uh initiating a range attack you're expecting to have some modifiers to go along with it uh it doesn't say negate a range attack card. It's just negate the entire attack, which that hurt me yesterday. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's the reason that they don't just die to Molotov cocktail. Right. Um, there's also one of the other cards I really like, Far Reach, which you get to move a character into the streets as a separate party. So you get to kind of scorpion get over here a character. And... If you detach an alchemy from the acting character, you get a free attack against the target, and they can't play a reaction. Mm-hmm. I I think That's that good. card is really good. <laughs> I don't know I don't know where it's really good yet, but that effect is nuts. I'm I'm sure it slots easily into like some sort of Bruja Thin Bloods deck or something like that. Probably, probably. Um, so, so yeah, they, they have some pretty strong, uh, pretty strong abilities with some pretty weak, but also can get stronger vampires. So I have no idea where to, where to put these guys. I I was kind of down on them when I first saw them previewed after playing around with building decks with them in it. I'm a lot higher on them than I was but that doesn't mean I think that they're necessarily super good I I just I don't know yet yeah yeah they're like I said they're they're this puzzle they're they're just weird um with so we've gone over some of their library cards and what's good with their alchemies and stuff um but with the characters I think the the one that you should always be thinking of if you anticipate playing against thin bloods in your local stores or whatever like that is frog uh, so frog is when a character in this party attaches an alchemy ready them 
and that is just a static ability. It is not a activated ability. And if you noticed all those, like we mentioned, those alchemies also says gain an action. So you're exhausting someone to do to attach an alchemy. Frog stands them right back up and you get an action. So you just did all that stuff for essentially free. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, notably that it's only if you play it on a thin blood, right? So which I which I like because I, that is obviously incredibly strong, but you have to focus on the thin bloods to do it, right? So you can't just load up. You know, well, you don't need to. Oh well, you mean well, to get the action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, to get yeah, to get yeah, the action to get the action back. Yeah, yeah, not to stand them. But there could be instances where you, you know you just want to stand someone who's in, like we mentioned, like uh, the fear tokens. If someone got feared out and you need them to stand up, and you True. don't care about losing the action, you know, it's True. available as a as a play. Um. Well, wait. Except you'd need them to kneel to. Oh yeah. Play the. Alchemy. Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> it's attached to the acting character. Yeah. So, reading cards is important. Reading cards is important, yeah. So, uh, agenda-wise, um, I guess we'll talk about recruitment drive briefly because... So, it's when you recruit a character, gain an agenda, if you know, and it's bad, and that's probably the last time we'll ever say anything about don't, recruitment don't, drive. Don't play recruitment drive. So re- um, recruiting a character is specifically when you are paying their blood costs out of your hand and that's it. Yep. So you will only ever maximum gain six agenda from this agenda. Yep. You can do a lot better with other cards. Yep. Um, that, that's, that's that. <laughs> yep. So the more, much more interesting one for them is Street Brew, which says <laughs> at the start of your turn, if you have a character with alchemy in your coterie, gain an agenda. If three or more characters in your coterie have alchemy, gain two agenda instead. So this is really interesting because it's completely passive, right? You do not have, I mean, obviously you have like, well, if you're playing Thin Bloods, you don't even have to spend actions to get these out. Um, you you only score at the start of your turn. So that's, that's the limiting factor. But like, you're not spending actions to get those points, right? right. Like you just get them for free and you can still go you know, knock out a citizen or attack somebody or whatever. Um, I think this agenda, if they're, if, you know, if thin bloods are in a deck, then this, you have to look at this agenda pretty strongly because at the alchemies are all really strong, whether you're playing pure thin bloods or whether you're splashing in somebody else. And this, I think this agenda is really strong because it just gives you free points. Yeah. And it's also worth mentioning, uh, all those alchemies, they are not unique. So you you can just pump them out as long as you draw them. So you can yep. definitely have, you know, more than three plus characters, and then you might have some blockers that you can get rid of, and then you're still at three characters. So it it's another one of those cards that kind of, we talked about it like with Prince, it puts your opponents kind of on a timer and makes them have to start looking at you and see how long they can afford to leave you alone. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. So... Um, the other, the other mechanic that sort of like Tremere gets the fear tokens, uh, the other mechanic in this, um, expansion that is really kind of more thin blood focused is minus BP tokens. So they have a few different ways of putting these minus BP tokens. For example, Candy Lou, one of their two costers, 
Um, she has an attacker ability that if this attack deals one or more damage to the target, put a minus one BP token on the target. And so that means pretty much what you think. It means that they have minus one maximum BP. Um, it, importantly to note, or important to note that it doesn't mean anything they already have on them falls off, but it means like they, you know, if, if it's a five BP vampire and then they, you put a minus one BP on them, they can only heal up to four maximum. They can't play any five BP cards, all that, all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, that's pretty interesting. I, I don't, I haven't played around with it enough to, to know how important of a theme it is, but it's interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen it much either. Uh, one thing to note that is out there to keep in mind and, and you're going to be rewarded for kind of knowing what the BP requirement on some cards is. And if you can guess your opponent's hand well and do stuff like that is the one BP also affects the blood requirements for cards that you can play. So if someone was expecting to be able to play a five BP reaction and you have a way of giving them that minus one BP, they now cannot play anything that's above a four. Yep. So that, that can be good. Yep. Yep. For sure. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, and then, so sort of the, the downside of, of thin bloods that I think we should probably at least mention is uniqueness, right? Um, because there's not, I mean, obviously there's only, there's the same amount of vampires as in any clan, but what well, we already mentioned five, five of them are the one costers, um, who you're not building your deck around. And so you have kind of four vampires that are like probably at least three of those are going in any thin blood deck. Yeah. And so if you see another thin blood deck, you're fighting over a pretty small handful of vampires. Um, so I don't know we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see how that works out. It, it's part of why I, I think they will be stronger in single player and one V one just because you, there's only one other person to worry about having, you know, <laughs> uh, right. your same vampires. Whereas, you know, not 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 that it's necessarily likely that you'll have like three other people sit down at the table. More along the lines of, you know, with three other people, the chances of one of them also playing Thin Blood is a lot higher. Um, you know, and, and then of course that'll that'll hopefully also become less of a big deal as more clans come out and and more stuff comes out. But for right now. They're one of six, right? So, yeah. And as we're, you know, we're coming up to Gen Con and people like to play the new hotness. So that's definitely something to keep in mind if you want to play a thin blood focused or even a something that splashes thin blood, but they're an important piece. Something you have to think about. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I think, is there anything else you want to say about kind of thin bloods or Tremere specifically? No, no, not really. I think we covered a lot of it. Uh, yeah, it's cool effects, new new stuff for the game, keeping the game fresh. So I, I like where uh, I like the things that we've got so far. Yeah, and and I like it too because for the most part they are new effects, but they feel pretty much like they could have been in the core set. With you know, I mean, not necessarily that I, that they should have been. Like they're they're a little bit more complex, but just in terms of they don't, it doesn't feel like there's anything completely out of left field. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like a ritual, it's just a different kind of ongoing action. And alchemies are just a different kind of attachment. 
So if you already know how to play with those things and the new rules are practically on the cards to tell you what to do. So you don't have to, you don't, they won't have many gotcha moments like, Oh, this is how this thing works. And you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a cool expansion. I, I like it. I like it so far, you know, haven't had a ton of chance to, to play around with it, but I'm definitely a fan so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there's, there's also plenty of neutral cards um, and, you know, we want to we want to talk about some of those, and we also I think because this is the first expansion where we have other clans. So like, let's talk about. Uh, I mean, we we covered it a little bit, but first, you know, let's talk about how does this expansion impact the other factions as well, right? Like, if you're if you're playing a Bruja deck, are there cards in here that you should be looking at, uh, you, whether they're Tremere or neutral cards? And you know, so uh, let's start with. Well, do you actually do you want to do you want to just start with let's go over the the havens real quickly and then and then the last agenda because I think those are kind of important. Yeah. Um, so let's see. What are some of the new havens? So we yeah we talked about the chantry, which is the the uh-huh. ritual one. Yeah, and then um, we have uh, thrift store. Uh, yeah. So your library cards have minus one BP requirements. Uh, when your leader is defeated, put a minus one BP token on target character. I'm like lukewarm about this. I think it's a cool, a cool thing. I, it, it'll be one of those things where it's not good until there's a specific deck that for whatever reason, like that, I I tend to think it'll be the minus one BP requirement that like, once we have enough, say, you know, five BP cards and you can make them all fours that might be really good. You know, like I, yeah. it's, it's going to be one of those things where it's not good until there's a specific deck that somebody finds and is like, Oh, actually thrift store is perfect for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the second part of that, well, you know, I initially thought, Oh, maybe this will get good when more things that care about minus one tokens come out, but it's only when your leader is defeated. Like if it said, whenever anyone in your coder is defeated, I might be more warmed up to it. But like, it only triggering on your leader being defeated means it is probably going to not ever even fire more times than it actually does. Right. Now we have two Jesus meme decks, so go nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't think of Jesus. <laughs> go nuts. All right, what's the next one? Um, so I'll take the other boring one, which is the pit, uh, which is just the first time you recruit a character during each of your turns, gain one action. I think it's fine. Um, I don't think it's great. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. If you, if you want to try like a solo thin bloods deck or something like that, still, still don't do recruitment drive, but you might be able to look at this. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, I think that was it for where the, Oh, oh there no, was, we get um, the most, the most interesting one, I think. Which one? The university library. Oh, yeah. Why was I thinking that was a core one? Yeah, so, yeah, we had to be subject to this one. So, university library. Uh, relentless, pay one blood, draw a card. Yeah, so you can pay a blood on everybody's turn. That's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, draw draw three cards before it comes back to your turn. That's pretty good. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, obviously, you're paying blood off your leader, right? So, yep. that can be... That can be uh, tricky sometimes, but um, I think it's really strong. You know, if it's in one v one, even right, like 
I mean, we already talked about in multiplayer, you can potentially draw three cards early and that's good. Uh, or four right on your turn because you can draw, you can use it on your turn. Too. You can use it on your turn, yeah. In 1v1, if you're playing against a deck that's not very attacky, this becomes just a lot of extra cards. And if they're not very attacking, then it's probably a game where you're going to want cards either because you're trying to go after them or, you know, it's a race to see who gets to 13 agenda. And so seeing more cards is always good. <laughs> yep. Drawing cards is good. All right. Yeah. So I think that's all of them now, right? Yeah, that's One, all two, of them. Three, so. four. Okay, cool. So uh, um, we have the we have the other agenda that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, this one's this one's a tricky one, but I like it. I like it too. Uh, go for it, because you you were playing with it yesterday. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> it actually goes real nicely with this with the university library. So it's knowledge is power. The first time your leader exhausts in the streets during each of your turns, if you have six or more library cards in your hand, gain an agenda. If exactly ten library cards, gain two agenda instead. So. A few or a, a, a rules thing that is in the, is covered in the FAQ. Um, this triggers at the end of whatever action you're doing. So, if your leader exhausts in the street to attack, it you don't check the six to or you know you don't check how many library cards are in your hand until after that whole attack finishes resolving. Right. So, if you have eleven cards in your hand, you attack somebody, you play your attack card and then you have 10, you will get two agenda at the end of that attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, this, I, this agenda is really cool. So what I, I mean, I've only, I've only have a little bit of experience with it, but what I will say is it seems really tough to get the two agenda, right? With exactly 10 cards, but with that stipulation and the fact that you get to control when your leader exhausts in the streets, it's really not as hard as you think it is. Because you can either draw a card and then go to the street. You can, you know, like I said, like exhaust your leader in the street to play a card. Um, there's there's all kinds of different stuff you can do. So I, I think this agenda is pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, if you play a deck that wants to be a little defensive and then once you if you get to a point where you're stabilized and you can hold off whatever the rest of the board is doing and you get up to that 11 library cards or whatever you probably can just keep exhausting and pitching a card and then you maybe get to a point where you can just get a two agenda every turn uh it's an interesting agenda i like it yeah and again sort of like we talked about with the street brew I mean, this one's a little different because you do have to sort of take an action, but like that action is not just scoring you the points, right? So you can, you know, if your leader is exhausting to attack a mortal in the streets, you might get two points from your agenda plus one point from the mortal, you know? Yep. Um, and, and so that's, I think that's always good when you're, when you're getting agenda for doing other things, that's always a good uh, sign. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're essentially getting rewarded for doing what you were already going to be doing, it should work out well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we so there's those are the havens and and agendas. Um, let's talk library cards. So I know there's one that you huh, tried almost, using. Yeah, almost <laughs> got to use. <laughs> yeah. So this is the new uh, ranged attack card, and it's crossbow. 
uh, 3B requirement, 1 damage. Discard one card. Attach crossbow to the target if they have two or fewer attachments. This character cannot mend during their end phase. Very good. Very very spicy. Very spicy. Uh, So there there are a few effects that have come with this expansion that let your characters mend um, within your own action phase or other action phases, but the main way you're doing it now is probably still during the end phase unless you're specifically teching for a lot of weird blood moving shenanigans and stuff during your action but still being able to essentially put a target on someone and say i'm just going to keep coming after this person and you're not gonna be able to heal them at all uh, at least the normal way of healing uh, it's cool Mm -hmm. and it also takes up an attachment slot which i think is yes interesting right like obviously there's some decks where they won't care but there's some decks where that's you know if if they're if they're playing a retainer deck then that can be actually pretty bad for them you know right right yeah because they cannot elect to burn your attachment right so yeah it's it's definitely a cool card um and I also you know every good ranged attack we get makes me uh, <laughs> at least think about think about a ranged deck you know with Beretta and stuff so I think it's good I think it's a really good card. Yeah, the more I like seeing, uh, it seems like the ranged attacks have um, more unique uh, effects that happen. So yeah, the more the more of those we see, uh, I'll be more interested. In. Yeah. Um, okay, so another card that we wanted to mention is Premonition, which is weird, <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> so uh, it's it's an unhosted action. Which already makes it really good for what it does. <laughs> yeah, so so you don't have to exhaust a vampire to play it. it. You attach it. You attach it to a character in your coterie, and you gain an action. So it's free, right? You don't have to exhaust a vampire, and you get an action for play, for just putting it out there. So you basically get to put it out for free. Um, and so if there is an Auspex in the party, characters attacking members of this party play their attack cards face up pretty cool yep just remember to have auspects in your party (laughs) right so without really playing with it it's hard to tell exactly how big of an effect this is because right like obviously you know what kind of attack they're doing Mm -hmm. and if they're playing a card or not before you ever play your reaction but them playing the attack card face up means obviously you know the exact text um so how good is that right like it seems good but is it like oh this is kind of cool or like oh wow this actually can totally wreck somebody's game you know i i don't know yeah and this um you know the attack cards go even before the blocker so you you know you have full information at that point of what they will be able to do to you um if they have any sort of pumps on the board like brother or house of pain or something like that that's all at that point, open information. Yep. Uh, that's huge. And I think uh, if I remember the discipline distribution correctly, I think a lot of Toreador have auspects. Yes. And, you know, their game plan can lead to being defensive. So this is a great card for them. Yep. Toreador and, and Malkavian has auspects too, I think. So, right. you know, that, again, they're definitely a lot of times are, are kind of defensive. So it's, it's a cool card. It'll because it's free. I think that makes it uh, 
obviously always like if you're running auspecs, you always at least look at premonition and think about it because it's never a bad thing to have because right, you're not losing anything right. to play it. Exactly. Like it literally is a free, a free card. Um, you know, so I, like that, that, and that's part of what I like about it is like, it's a good effect that you always, if you have auspecs, you're always at least thinking about. So we'll see. I, I'm yeah. excited to see this play out. And the, the more cards that we get that care about like things that are attached to characters, like this is also going to be like first on the list to look at. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay, what's next? So the next one is the... There's one new conspiracy in this. Um, out of time. And so this is a... It's a, presti- uh, a conspiracy that takes three prestige to trigger. Uh, it has obviously the normal conspiracy rules. And the effect is target foe who did not contribute loses one action during their next turn. So this is the first lose an action effect we've ever seen so that's i think noteworthy and in particular this is a conspiracy and i think if there's ever if there is ever a 1v1 conspiracy deck that's really good this is a going to be a big reason why because it's one of the cheap conspiracies it's three plus and obviously in 1v1 costing your opponent an action is you know just just really strong like it's not bad in multiplayer either but you're only costing one out of the out of the three other players. Whereas in one v one, obviously getting your opponent to down an action can be huge. Yeah, especially on a turn that they might think that they have a big uh, swing at you if they're like an aggro deck or if they're trying to run like back to back schemes or something like that. You go, nope. You just ha- have everything you thought you were going to be able to do. <laughs> yep. So, you know, I mean, again, I, I don't know that there's a ton exactly to say about it, but uh, it's it's definitely a card you should know is out there if you're playing against conspiracies. Um, and I like I said, I, I think if 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 you want to play conspiracies in 1v1, this should be the first card in your deck, three out of three or, you know, three copies of it. Because, uh, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> All right. And then the next one uh, we have Intimidation. Uh, so this is a social attack. 4 BP, 1 damage. And uh, first thing is plus 2 damage to city deck mortals. Always good. Uh, if the attacker's BP is higher... Th- although, wait, is that correct? Is it BP yes. or just blood? No, it's BP. The, if, okay. if it has the little spikes on top, it's BP. Got it. Yeah, I'm reading from the things. So I wasn't sure. Uh, okay, if attacker's BP is higher than the targets, exhaust the target and put a fear token on them. Yeah, so... Um, I like this because it's versatile and it's just a good solid card. Yeah. You know, uh, I think this, if, if you're looking at your deck and you are seeing that you don't have a lot of ways to deal with sad, this can be an easy include plus two damage. You'll probably get most, if not all characters that have at least more than one in a stat and you just toss it at them and you know, who cares about the, fear thing if you're really worried about sad coming at you with something yeah um, yeah yeah just a solid all-around good card yeah exactly i like it because like you said anybody with one social can kill a sad anybody in your i mean anybody who's four bp even if they don't have any social you can use this to kill you know any of the retainers which is which is nice yep um and then yeah like a fear you know put getting to put a fear token if you're if your bp is higher uh, you know, again, we I don't know exactly how good fear tokens are going to be, but they seem pretty good. And 
you know, so this just seems like a good solid all around social attack. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So uh, I guess to kind of bring this to a close, how do we think that the new clans and the new cards that the clans introduce, how are they going to integrate with what we already have with the core set? Yeah, I think that's the big question. And I don't, I don't think either of us would claim to have all the answers, but I do think that Thin Bloods make a really interesting splash for anybody who wants to be aggressive, right? So, you know, Bruja, Toreador, um, maybe maybe there's some aggressive Malkavian or Ventru deck. I don't know. Um, but, you know, putting putting a couple of those in and then several Thin Bloods to, to get some of the stat pumps and some of their really strong attack cards, you know, um, I think that'll be a thing to, to play around with for sure. Yeah, it definitely feels to me that both the factions, uh, maybe more so Thin Bloods than Tremir, fit into the other, like they they feel like they want to be more Splash clans right now. Mm-hmm. Like you can run their primary, like you can run a primarily Ritual deck and you can run a primarily like wide Thin Blood deck, but it feels like not, as good as if they were just integrated into like the other, like, like a scheme deck or, or something like that. Like I tried, uh, like a Bruja deck with Tremere because Tremere has a couple different ways to pump damage with the blood sorcery and they, they move the blood tokens around. So that's like, it feels like it fits into an aggro deck type in a way. It's not direct damage. Like we're used to so far. It's more like uh, ability based, but it, it complements that style of play. I, I just don't know right now that they are their own thing yet. Yeah, I, I, yeah I think it does. So I, I kind of place, as I'm thinking about this, I think we sort of have three, um, I'm guessing I, three groups of factions. And I don't, I don't want to say levels because I don't, I don't think they're necessarily levels. Like I don't think that one is necessarily better than the other. I just think that the way you build with them is different, right? So I think you have... Bruja and Toreador that can really star in their own deck, right? Like they typically headline the deck. Um, obviously you can play us some splashes. People love splashing smoke and stuff like that. But in general, you know, Bruja and, and Toreador tend to be the, the sort of, okay, you know, I want to do, I want to be aggressive or, or whatever. Anyway, point being, they, they tend to be the, like the headliners of the deck. Then I think there's another group, uh, Ventru, and I think Tremere fits here, where they can kind of be the main or the secondary, but even when they're the main, they like to have a, a good chunk of secondary cards, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Um, and and so they kind of feel similar to me. And then I think that Thin Bloods feel a lot like Malkavian, where I'm not sure I would play a deck that's primarily relying on Malkavian or primarily relying on thin blood. Exactly. But like they make really strong some, I think there's some pretty strong decks that use Malkavians and thin bloods in conjunction with either like one or two cards from another faction, or, you know, maybe, maybe there's a few and, and you splash a couple, um, you know, so they feel a little bit more reliant on that other faction, 
but like they make a strong deck. So uh, I don't I don't know if if that makes as much sense. And what I'm saying it as it does in my head, but you know, like I said, <laughs> I, I don't I I don't think it's necessarily power level, right? Like I'm not saying that Tremere or that Bruja and Toreador decks are better than Tremere and or you know Thin Blood and Malkavian decks. Just that when you're building. I think you can build a good deck. Like if you just take straight Bruja or straight Toreador, you can build a pretty good deck. If you're, if you take, you know, straight Ventru or straight Tremere, you can build an okay deck. And if you build straight Malkavian and straight Thin Blood, I think you might have a rough time, you know, especially again in multiplayer, but. And it's, it's also a, a card pool thing too. Like the core obviously has, so many more cards than just this expansion offers so it's still kind of the dominating factor of what you can do in the game and what we have now i mean eventually over time we'll have more cards that do their own thing outside of the core and it'll feel less reliant on those core clans and those core cards but right now it still feels just like kind of a supplementary type thing yeah and i think i think probably thin bloods will see that uh, or maybe Thin Bloods have the kind of the most explicit way because they have all their one costers right grant disciplines to attackers, um, and some of them uh, like they they there's one that grants like blood sorcery, uh, celerity, uh, and obfuscation, and so those all have attack cards. Um, I guess there's well, there's one for Auspex as well, but there's one that grants fortitude, and I don't think there's any attack cards that reference fortitude. You know so obviously something is coming you would expect something to come right right and so so point being the more cards that reference those disciplines you know that thin bloods can potentially play with a lot more different disciplines than uh than maybe some other clans you know and, and who knows like we don't we don't even know um you know if if thin bloods get more cards their their theme seems to be they're very adaptable right so like they might get some more vampires who can also grant other disciplines and you know and so maybe they end up being a clan that you can splash into a lot of different decks because you can always kind of give yourself some extra disciplines that you want you know um there i think maybe more than more than most factions i think they're going to be very dependent on the card pool expansion for a for that reason and also just because like we said the uniqueness thing right like the more different clans there are the less likely you will be to run into another thin blood deck yep i think you hit it on the money i try all right I try. <laughs> all right well we're coming up on you know where we usually kind of start to head things off uh do you have any final thoughts on strategies with uh, specifically thin blood and tremere one thing we didn't talk is like if you played these two clans together which i don't think i've seen anybody talk about yet true true yeah no i i it will be it'll be interesting to see if there's decks with them together because you know like i said there is one of the one of the thin bloods grants blood sorcery um you know they have some interesting stuff together they you know they both have some effects that encourage you to or you know the maybe encourage you to kind of stay at home and play defensively like we talked about you know so maybe yeah maybe there's a maybe there's a really good Tremere Thin Blood deck um 
you know, out there too. We, yeah, we, you're right. We didn't really talk about that. So yeah, I, I think the the bottom line is I really, I, I like this expansion because it feels like a very natural extension of the game. There's not a lot in here that I look at and think, oh yeah, I know exactly how good that'll be. Um, and so I'm really excited to watch it kind of play out, you know, over the next several months. Yeah. I mean, before we know it, we'll, uh, Start talking about more stuff with the wolf and the rat. Yeah. That'll be, exci- that'll be exciting. It will be. It will be. So. All right. Well, I think uh, we're going to call it a close on this stuff. Um, some things that are going to be coming up in the community, though, we have some more exciting things. Uh, if you are on the unofficial Rivals Discord, uh, by the time you hear this recording, the signups will be over, but there is going to be a online tournament starting and we're going to try and stream some of those games uh yeah more content more content yeah and uh i think it's probably fair to say that neither one of us has a ton of experience streaming so we really you know obviously we want to we want people to tune in and watch them but you know like let us know what kind of things you want right like do you want commentary do you want to just watch the players all that kind of good stuff um because i think we're going to kind of figure this out as we go right yeah, totally. I, I have not done any sort of streaming in the past, um, so this is going to be just fly by the seat of my pants. So, yeah, I'll probably uh, just have some games run and see what the players. Obviously, it's going to be up to the players if they if they want the commentary or not. Um, obviously, need to respect their wishes. Um, but yeah, we'll do some streaming if, if there's commentary available, uh, and then once that's up, I'll have those. Uh, migrate over to YouTube so we can start getting some historical games uh, available for people to watch. Cause I know that's been asked out there. Like, you know, is there any video on demands we can watch of people playing and stuff like that? So, you know, happy to fill that role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exciting. Yeah, for sure. And so actually kind of along those lines, uh, I, you know, we did something a little bit different with our, I guess, preview this time, right? Like we didn't necessarily go card by card, vampire by vampire. Um, some of that was because of time, you know, because we just sort of, because with Gen Con coming up, we want to talk about Gen Con specifically next week or, you know, next episode and everything. But hey, let us know, like, did you, you know, was this helpful? Was this kind of style helpful? Is there things you want to see or, you know, want more of or less of in our, in any sort of future, you know, pack previews or, or discussions? You know, we, we, we welcome the feedback. We love the feedback. Yeah, definitely. I know, um, in L5R, there were some groups that would, uh, they wouldn't do a podcast, but they'd do like a blog and they'd go card by card and they just write their, their thoughts out that way. So if that's, if that's how you want to process our thoughts, you know, let us know and we'll see if that's something we can make happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, like I said, next week or, you know, next episode rather, we'll be, we'll be kind of talking Gen Con because uh, it's the first, you know, the first big tournament. I will both, we're both going to be there planning on being there. Um, I, well, you're going to be there. I'm like 98% positive. I just need to actually like (laughs) pay pay the money to get my ticket. Um, but you know, so we're going to kind of talk about what we expect, kind of what an event will be. Obviously we're, well, I don't know that we'll have even decided what decks we'll be playing, but you know, we're, we're, we're going to talk broadly. Obviously we're not, I'm not going to be saying, okay, here's my deck card, card by card. And, um, you know, but yeah, we'll, I will, we'll I will talk about very likely. Expect. I will very likely be putzing around with my deck until the night before. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, we'll be kind of talking about what we expect, you know, what we think will happen, um, you know, what we're looking forward to, kind of all that stuff. Um, also, speaking of, you know, since we're both going to be at Gen Con, I don't know exactly what we'll be doing, but we'll be, you know, we'll be trying to have some sort of content there. But it might just, it might end up just being, hey, we hear some updates, you know, on the discords or whatever from the tournament. It might be, you know, Instagram pictures or whatever. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but we'll 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 do we'll do something. Yeah, yeah. We won't leave uh, anyone in the dark. Whatever we can get out there, we'll get out there. All cool. right. Yeah. So fun, fun stuff in the future. Yeah. Starting to get exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have our first new uh, product release. Now we'll talk about our first big tournament. Things are happening. It's good. It's good times. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'll put, uh, close this one out and bid everyone good evening and stay spooky.